Thanks for listening to this sermon recording from Liberty Family Church in Hillsville, Victoria, Australia. All of our sermons are available for free online, and we encourage you to subscribe to our sermon podcast through iTunes or by clicking the button on our website. If you'd like to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, or would like more information about our church, head to www.libertyfamilychurch.net.au. God bless you, and we pray that this sermon recording encourages you and strengthens your faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you very much, and what a great pleasure it is to be here this morning. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed this church service, it's just been beautiful. Great meeting, wonderful worship this morning, and... um, I love that song from 20 years ago. <laughs> I can remember 20-year-old songs. Hey, it sure is good to be here. What, and what a wonderful place. Um, Healsville, what a, what a great area. A um, little bit different to where I live. I live at um, South Bank in Melbourne, up on the 28th floor. <laughs> bit of a difference. But it's great to be here. I've got with me this morning, I've got my wife, Julie, and my youngest daughter, Lauren. And uh, they're both, both here to come to hear me speak. So I hope they get inspired. <laughs> hope you all get inspired. Yeah, look, I've been a, um, a pastor for 33 years. Uh, the first six years of my ministry, I was at a church called um, Christian Life Centre, um, then became Hills Christian Life Centre, which is now Hillsong Church. And I had the pleasure of being um, Brian Houston's assistant minister for six years, which was a wonderful way to <laughs> begin my, my ministry training. And then for 27 years, I have been pastoring um, at Dingley, uh, with a church called uh, Destiny Church Dingley, which is now Echo Church. And about two years ago, I handed, after 27 years of pastoring, I handed the church over to my daughter and her husband, Justin and Lee, and I started up a ministry called Every Believer Can Ministries, because I believe that every single believer in Christ can be an effective witness. And I believe that that is God's plan, that every sing- I believe every single person, without exception, can be a wonderful witness for Jesus. And I'm also aware that when church, when congregation members of churches recognise this, that they can be witness for Christ, we are going to see the city turned upside down for God. And so this morning, uh, this is what I want to be talking about. This is the subject that I do. And I'm so um, excited that you guys are going to be running my course over the next period of time. Um, I know I'm the one who put it together, but I do believe it is really good. And um, I have come to realise that most people want to be a witness for Christ, but so many people just simply don't quite know what to do. And that is what this course is all about. So this morning, um, the subject I want to be talking about is Every Believer Can, or my second, um, sub, my second title is Life's Ultimate Journey. Um, have I got the wrong mic? I think I was told to get the one with the yellow on it. Yeah. Hello, hello. Yeah, good. Okay, this morning's message... 
life's ultimate journey or every believer can. And uh, the scripture that I want to look at, um, which was beautifully referred to during the, during the communion, is John chapter 10 and verse 10. John chapter 10 and verse 10 says, The thief comes only to, to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I'd like to begin just by um, quickly sharing my story with you. I began what I call life's ultimate journey at the age of 23 years old. At 23 years old, I became a born-again believer. Before that time, as a, as a child and as a teenager, I had a belief in God and I had a belief in Jesus, but I never wanted to become a Christian because I had a wrong concept as to what Christianity was all about. Growing up as as a teenager and in my early 20s, I thought that, um, to be honest, I thought that Christianity would be an incredibly boring lifestyle. You weren't allowed to do anything wrong, and I sort of tended to like back then doing wrong things. Um, And my concept of Christianity was people who go to church and are goody-goodies. That's what it was, religious people. So whilst I had a, a, a very, very limited belief system, I didn't want to become a Christian. And then at the age of 23, my best friend became a born-again Christian overnight, and he started witnessing to me. And he would talk to me. And um, in my heart, I believed all that he said But in my head came all of the thoughts, uh, who'd want to become a boring Christian? That was what I went through. Anyway, after a short time of my friend witnessing to me, I can remember I was at his home in Sydney. And he started up again. And he really pushed very, very hard. And my heart was just so, I so much knew that what he said was right. But I was going through this incredible intense battle in my head. You know, thoughts like, you won't have any friends. You know, you, you've got this lifestyle that's pretty wild. You'd have to change. You know, you'll, you'll become a boring person. All of these thoughts. So I said, that's it. Stop Bible bashing me. I don't hear anything more. And when I said that to him, he walked out of the room, and I'm, I'm sitting in his kitchen in Sydney. He walked out. I thought, well, I've offended him now. And he walked out, and about 30 seconds later, he walked back in. And when he walked back into the room, I had a massive supernatural encounter with God. I didn't want to become a Christian. I wasn't a Christian, and the Holy Spirit fell on me. My whole body just started pulsating with with just love and joy and happiness and power and love. There was no drug that remotely resembled it, no amount of alcohol. It was, I have never known anything like it. It was like I was taken up into heaven. It was like ecstasy, but it wasn't ecstasy. It was like, <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. And all I could do was, and I was shaking, and it was, this, it was just pulsating through me, and I said, what's happening to me? And my friend, who was a, a spiritual giant, he'd been a Christian for two months, <laughs> he said to me, he said, when you told me to stop witnessing, I walked out and I prayed. And he said, this is what I prayed. I said, God, Michael thinks Christianity is boring. Michael thinks you're boring. Please touch him with your power. And 
at that moment, I realised that I had been totally deceived, that I, all of those years, I thought, who'd want to become a boring Christian? And at that point, I realised a relationship with God is going to be life's ultimate journey. I am in for an incredible journey walking with God. And I guess at that point, I, I understood the John 10.10 10 thing. The thief had ripped me off for 23 years. For 23 years, I had been deceived, and now I have, I have discovered Jesus. Life's ultimate journey has just begun, but I also realised instinctively at that point that for my ultimate journey to be the ultimate journey, I also needed to be a witness for Christ. And um, yeah, I, I realised that becoming a, a witness for Christ was just going to be so important for my life. And so from a very young, young age as a Christian, I saw my friends getting born again. And it was so exciting. It was the greatest joy for me was to see people coming to Christ. And I went to a church where every Sunday we'd see people walking out the front on altar calls and giving their lives to Christ. This was the norm. This was the culture that I grew up in. Week after week after week, year after year after year. Then I, then I became a pastor after uh, seven years at, at Hillsong Church. And again, every Sunday we'd see a multitude of people coming to Christ. Moved to Melbourne to take over a church in Melbourne every Sunday. Many, many people coming to Christ leading people to Christ. That was, that was the norm. It's what I expected. It was what life was all about. But then after a certain number of years, um, the non-Christians weren't flowing into church like they used to. I think that things happened on Sundays that they would rather do, like, you know, with multimedia and, you know, all the entertainment that came up and, you know, restaurants were all open and, and we weren't seeing people coming to Christ in the church meetings like we used to. But not only that, I wasn't seeing people coming to Christ like I used to. I wasn't, I, I had become very Christianized. I was a pastor. All the people I worked with were Christians in the church, surprisingly enough. Um, and most of the people I associated with were Christian people. And I wasn't leading people to Christ. And I thought, goodness me, have my, have my best days finished? My whole Christian life has been seeing people being born again. And life was such an incredibly exciting time of seeing people's lives being saved. And now it wasn't happening. And it was very depressing. But then God gave me a prophetic word through the scripture that basically changed my whole outlook and caused me to move into every Believer Care Ministries. I want to share this, this script. It was a pro prophetic scripture. I want to share it with you. It's Isaiah chapter 43. And um, reading verses 18 to 19. This is the word that God gave me. Do not remember the former things. And I've got to say the former things were pretty good. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. I'm talking about the former things when I was a young Christian and you know, the journey and seeing people come to Christ. Do not consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. I needed something new, I can assure you. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I really could relate to that because this was during the 1990s. If any of you can, I'm sure some of you can remember the 1990s, it was all about being in the river. <laughs> You know, with the Rodney Howe Brown meetings and the Toronto Blessing and all of that. And it was about, you'd go to church and you'd be in the river and it would be amazing, amazing worship and power of God would come and we'd have encounters with God. Th th that is so special and it's awesome. 
and we need to come to church and have an encounter with God and listen to the word and get, and get built up. But what God said to me was, he says, I'm doing a new thing. It's not going to just be rivers in the church, but it's going to be rivers in the desert places, in the desert places. You're going to come to church. It's, it's not just going to be wonderful evangelists and preachers preaching and the Holy Spirit falling in church, but church members, the body of Christ, are going to be going to the desert places where the lost people are, where the lonely people are, where the broken people are. And God said to me, this is the new thing. And when churches can get a culture where the congregation members know that they have been called to be believers, to, to be witnesses, and they go out to the highways and the byways, to their family and their friends, and into the shopping centres and wherever we go, then it's going to usher in a massive revival that's going to turn the city upside down. And so this is what Every Believer Can is all about, the fact that I believe that every single one of us, every single one, without exception, can be a wonderful witness for Christ. And in the time I've got this morning, I just want to um, highlight. Oh, look, there's so much I could say, but I'm not. But I'm just going. There are. I just want to highlight three important truths that I just want to throw out your way, which I think will be will be helpful. Because to be honest, my goal this morning is, by the time I finish this morning, my prayer is that every one of you, within your heart, will be thinking, "Yeah, I know God's called me." I, I really do want to be a witness of Christ. I might know what to do. I mightn't have, have, have the confidence. But yeah, look, I'll come along for this, this course to learn how to do it. And if you do that, I'm very confident that your ultimate journey will take on a new, a new intensity. But anyway, three, three, th- three quick things, truths I want to share with you. Truth number one is that not all of us are evangelists, but God has called all of us to be witnesses. Uh, We are told statistically that probably 10% of any congregation is an evangelist, has got the evangelistic gift. About about 10% naturally are evangelistic. And I think that's probably true. But the the reality is that God has called 100% of us to be witnesses. Now, when when I say a witness, I'm not talking about a Bible basher. I'm not talking about somebody that has to go out, in, out into the streets and just, you know, confront people. I'm talking about being a witness for Christ as a lifestyle, 24-7. That 24-7, we simply are aware that we are born-again people, that we're witnesses for Christ and that there's people around us who aren't Christians. And we try to be Christ-like. We try to be a blessing. But at the same time, we have our Holy Spirit antennas beeping to see if there's opportunities and when the opportunities come, we don't become the silent witness. We, with love and gentleness, know what to do and what to say. And so that is why a, why a, a course comes in. Um, a scripture that I love is Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my what? Witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria and to Healesville. And the neighbouring suburbs. We've got the Holy Spirit, and as a result, we immediately have been called to be to be witnesses for Christ. Not Bible bashers, but at the same time, we need to know how to present the gospel when the Holy Spirit gives us an opportunity. And if you put up your hand and say, Lord, I'm gonna be a witness for you, and you look for opportunities, believe me, they will come. 
And so God has called all of us to be witnesses. Paul describes what our call is like um, in summarising 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 to 20 with some bullet points here. We are told that God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. We've got the, the, this ministry of reconciling people back into God's family, back to Jesus. He's given us the message, this message of reconciliation. We are called Christ's ambassadors and get this, God is making his appeal through us. God's making his appeal through us, through, through people. It's pretty full on. The call to be a witness is an urgent call. It's not a, it's not a non-important call. It's, it's urgent. And there's a, a particular scripture which very much shows the urgency. It's Acts chapter 26, verse 17, from, from verse 17. This is, um, it says here, I am sending you to them, to Paul, I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. You know, that's not just some nice little cheesy verse, you know, some nice little gentle verse. It's basically saying the people who don't know, who don't know Christ are living in darkness and, they, and the Bible says they're, they're under the power of Satan. It's pretty intense. I praise God that he's brought me out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom, in the kingdom of the son of his love. It's, it's, it is an urgent call. And Paul goes on to say in Romans chapter 10 uh, from verse 14, Paul says, how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? How can they hear? How can people go from darkness to light? How can they believe if they haven't heard? How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? That someone is us. It's those of us who are already born into the family. God has called us to help others others get there. And I just want to say this, because this is a, a, a pretty major misconception. You don't have to go to Bible college to be to be able to tell people about Jesus. I can I can tell you I I became a witness for Christ on the first day I became a Christian. I knew nothing about theology, and I mean nothing. If I started talking theology, it would have been dangerous because I didn't know anything at all. But I woke up after being born again, knowing I was in God's family, knowing that I had been delivered from the kingdom of darkness, and I knew that every one of my friends was a non-Christian except for the friend who led me to Christ. And so on that first morning I became a Christian, I invited my two best friends over to my house, and nervous as I was, and I was terrified... I was going to tell them that I'd become a Christian because I thought, how can I keep quiet? Before I was without God and without hope, and now I have God and I've got hope, how can I possibly keep quiet? So I invited my two best friends over. I was so nervous, I had to put on these dark sunglasses, which had mirrors on the glass so you couldn't see my eyes. And I literally had to count from 10 down to 1. And then I, and I seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. hey, um, last night I became a born-again Christian. I said that to two friends who I knew would absolutely mock me. One of my friends did and continued to. But my other friend, I was able to lead to the Lord. And, um, and some of you would actually know this guy. His name's Jeff Bullock. And Jeff Bullock, oh yeah, okay, the songwriter. You know, he wrote songs like The Power of Your Love and things like that. He was my best friend. And I, um, I, I, after saying I've been born again, he said, can we talk about this? And after about two months, he received Christ. 
so I started witnessing on day one, and that was my first convert. So what I'm saying is I knew nothing about theology. All I had was a genuine heart, and I just told my friends what, it, what had happened. So we're all called to be witnesses. The second thing I, I want, to, want to highlight, number two, is uh, that most people, most people in desert places don't know the gospel. They don't know. Most people that you know that you think have know the gospel actually don't know the gospel. They were like me. I thought I knew the gospel. Yeah, Christians are churchgoers who are religious. Most people think that. It's a, it is a deception. There's a scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. And it says, the God, small g, it's talking about the devil. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. There is a blindness. Most people that we know do not know the gospel. They have been absolutely blinded. And... God's called us to open blind eyes. I could tell you story after story after story of so many people that I have explained the gospel to and they've said, I've never heard that before. I, I could tell you story after story after story after story. I've never heard that before. Just, just one story which really has touched my heart. A while ago, probably about a year ago now, I was lying in bed praying, and I said, Lord, I want to witness to somebody. Please lead me to somebody to witness to, because, again, I've got the situation. I'm a pastor. I've got to, I don't have a large circle of non-Christian friends. I'm trying to develop them. And I'm telling people in churches to witness, and I thought, God, I've got to be doing this regularly, and I, I do. But at this point, I, I couldn't think of anybody. I said, Lord, I need to witness to somebody. And as I prayed that, I don't know whether this has happened to you before, but I prayed that prayer, and a, an image, a face, just went across my imagination and I kind of, whoa. And I thought, I know that face. That is the face of that man who asks for money. He's got his blanket outside the shops and he asks people for money. And I thought, I wonder whether God's leading me to this man. Well, it was so real, I thought, well, let's take a faith step. So I jumped up, got into my car immediately, drove up to the shops and sure enough, this man's sitting there with his blanket with money. Um, I'm about... I don't know, 30 metres away, and I'm thinking, I'm walking up and thinking, I'm going to witness to him. And I thought, I'm not going to Bible bash him because I don't Bible bash. So I thought, these are my thoughts as I'm walking. I thought, well, what am I going to do then? I'm walking up to the guy. Five metres away, I think the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and I said, "Um, hey, it's a really cold day. Could I buy you a cup of coffee? I knelt there, can I buy you a cup of coffee? And he said, yeah, it's bleeping freezing. I'd love a cup of coffee. You know, white with two sugars. So bought him a cup of coffee, walked back and didn't witness him, didn't preach to him. Just I said, hey, mate, hope you enjoy it. And then I walked off knowing I'd see him again. Went up there the next day. He was there with a couple of other, other people, a couple of other, um, well, I guess, street people. And um, they asked me what I did. Great, great, great line. So I asked him what I did and preached the gospel and all of that. Anyway, to cut a long story short... This man, I'd have to say, became a friend, acquaintance, friend, whatever. And I would see him and I would have, have coffees with him. It reached a point where one day I walked past, he saw me, he said, hey, um, let's, let's do coffee. Now, this is a guy who asked for money, mind you. Hey, let's do coffee and I'm paying. <laughs> so I had coffee with him. And uh, then a short time after that, but I couldn't preach to him. I'd try but he said, please don't. So I, I didn't. But it didn't mean that I wouldn't relate anymore. He was my friend. He was, I'm sowing seed in this man's life. I'm believing for his salvation. 
Anyway, I saw him a few months ago and he came up to me and he said, I'm scared. He said, I'm scared of dying and I'm scared of going to hell. Can you help me? Well, that's a pretty good thing to say to me, I can assure you. So we sat down, had a cup of coffee, and I did the bridge illustration with him. And I told him what, what the gospel was all about, which he'd never heard before. And he received Christ as his Lord and Saviour. And again, when that happens, it's life's ultimate journey just kicks in. I'm the happiest person in the world. And I saw him recently. He was with his care worker. He's, got a, he's very, a very disadvantaged man and his care work, worker. And he said to his care worker, I grew up in a church with my, with my parents, but I never knew what it was all about until Michael told me what it was all about. And now I'm a born-again Christian. And I can tell you there are so many people who think they know what Christianity is, like me, but they actually don't. Um, People in the desert places don't know. And so, as I said, I could tell you story after story about that, but that was just just one that has been because (laughs) I saw this guy again yesterday. I see him all the time. And um, getting him disciples is a really big issue. But anyway, at least he says to me, I know I've been forgiven. I know Jesus is my Lord and Saviour and that I'm, a, I'm part of God's family. I'm thinking, well, Lord, <laughs> big problem here, but you can, I'm sure you can deal with it. Look, the third and final thing I want to talk about that is, is very important is this. So firstly, we can all do it. We, all of us are called. Secondly, most of the people that you know actually haven't been witness to they because they got the wrong concept but the third thing that we need to know that the message that we've got the message that we've got the message I shared with with my friend Tim is a supernatural message the message of the cross is a supernatural message uh, Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. There is supernatural power. God has called you to be a witness, but he hasn't just left you with, with nothing to be effective with. He's given you a supernatural message that carries great power. When Peter first preached that message in Acts chapter 2, when he preached the message, people's hearts were just opened up and 3,000 people made a decision for Christ. And then later in Acts chapter 10, Peter proclaims the message to Cornelius and his family. And even while he's speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. I know what that's like because that's what the Holy Spirit did to me. He fell upon me all those years ago. Fell upon them. The message carries supernatural power. You don't have to speak like Billy Graham or like Reinhard Bonnke. The message itself, it's the message of the cross. It's the salvation message. It is the message that once heard and believed causes a person to be born again. But one of, one of the issues, which I've, one of the reasons I've done this course is many, many Christians actually don't even know how to present the message in a way that it can be understood. Or they present it and it's like two hours later, they still haven't finished it. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I, I, I so much believe that not only do we need to be people who say, yes, Lord, I want to be a witness, but we also have been diligent to know just how to simply present the gospel message. And I use the bridge a lot. That's how I do it. Um, again, I could tell you story after story after story, but there's just one story which I just want to share, again, which is very, very dear to me. A few years ago, my wife and I were in China um, on a holiday now, when we, when we travel, when Julie and I travel, we never go on tours. We think we know how to do it ourselves. You know, we do everything ourselves. We just, 
That's what we do. But in China, it's a bit different to going... If you go to Europe, everybody speaks English, but in China, no one spoke English. And I mean, there's no English signs, there's just nothing. And it was a fairly scary thing. We had to actually go into one restaurant, and in to order the main meal, I had to go... Bop, bop, like that. That was, that was what it was like. Anyway, my wife and I... <laughs> my wife and I had to get go from Shanghai to Beijing... And we went on a fast train. Now, believe me, this was a fast train. The train actually has a speedometer in the carriage. And I looked up and thought, oh, yeah, 305 kilometres an hour. It was going pretty quickly. Anyway, so we're sitting in this train from Shanghai to Beijing. And this young Chinese businessman sat next to me. And he spoke perfect English, which isn't, wasn't massively common. So we started a conversation up. And I asked him what he did. I often ask people what they do hoping that then they'll ask me what I do, because that gives me an opening. But anyway, so I asked him what he did, and so he asked me what I did, and I said, I'm a church minister. And he said, oh, I've got a, a question. And he, it was a question about spirituality. And I said, could I just show you something? He said, yeah. So I sat down, I got a hotel serviette out, and I got a pen, and I did the bridge illustration with him, and I, which explains the message of the cross. And as I explained it, I could see he understood it. He said, oh, I see. So we're separated from God, but Jesus has come and he's taken away our sin. And if he takes away our sin, God now sees us as perfect. And so we now have access to God. And he was speaking it out. I thought, he's getting this. I was, I was very blessed. Anyway, we, we got to Beijing, Beijing Station and Julie and I walked off and we said goodbye. And he said, no, no, he says, wait. He says, um, you're going to the wrong place. The taxis aren't going to go. You've got to get another train. So I thought, oh, okay, here we go again, uh, stress. And he said, don't worry, I'll take you over and show you where to get the ticket. He went, he went over there and he, he bought tickets for us. I said, how much do I? He said, no, no, I'm, I insist on paying. I said, oh, thank you. I said, which, which platform do we get on? He said, I'll walk over there and show you. So I walked us over, over to the platform. I said, thank you. He then got on the train with us, which was going nowhere near where he was going. He got off the, we, we got off the train at Beijing Station. He then walked us to our hotel where we were staying. And I said, thank you so much. That is so kind of you for doing that. And he said, no, thank you. Because as a result of what you shared with me on the train, my whole life's changed. It's the supernatural, it's the message of the cross. I just explained what Jesus had done in a way that he could understand. And I have seen that happen time and time again. And so those are the things I just wanted to wanted to highlight the fact that I do believe God's doing a new thing and it, we aren't now just relying upon great evangelists and speakers as important as they are but now is the season especially for Australia where the body of Christ has got to recognize I am a witness for Christ I've been given a ministry of reconciliation I've been given a supernatural message and I know people everywhere I come in contact with people everywhere who are lost without God and without hope, I've got God and I've got hope and I want to now be an influencer. I want to embark on this ultimate amazing journey of being a soul winner, winner for Christ. And I just want to finish just with a, a little, little challenge. How many of you like football? The AFL? Six of you. I thought there might have been more. <laughs> how many of you, okay, how many of you follow Richmond? Well, 
In my church, everybody follows Richmond, except me. I follow St Kilda. But anyway, yeah, yeah, way to go. But anyway, I've got a, okay, in this hypothetical story, which I'm about about to say, season 2020 starts. Richmond play in the first game. And the Richmond star, Dustin Martin, starts on the interchange bench. For those of you who don't know football, the interchange bench is you're part of the team, but you sit there, but you're not actually playing. You're waiting to be called on to play. So we think, that's strange. Dustin Martin on the interchange bench, I thought he would have been out in the middle. But anyway, whatever. But in this hypothetical situation, he's on the interchange bench for the whole of the first game. Doesn't play once. Wow, that's strange. Game two, he's on the interchange bench for the whole game. He doesn't get up to play. Game three, the season goes by. Richmond win the premiership. Dustin Martin has been on the interchange bench for the entire season and he's never played. The awards come out, you know, they make the announcements and the players run out to get their little little trophy. They're all so excited and they call out Dustin, Dustin Martin's name and Dustin sort of runs out but doesn't quite look as excited as the rest of them because he's part of the team. He's part of a winning team but he's never played. He's watched all of the other players out there winning the battles and he's sat there and he's never played. And for me, I never want to be on the spiritual interchange bench. I want to be out there. I want to be out there knowing that God's called me, knowing that the Holy Spirit's empowered me. And I just, for me, the greatest joy in my life is to see somebody come to Christ. It's the most amazing thing. Praise God. Could I please have the, can I ask for the musicians just to, or maybe just you, just you. You remind me of my son Mitchell, who's a worship, he's a keyboard player. Could, could we just stand right now in the presence of the Lord? Praise God. This is just what, what I would like to leave you with this morning. There's a wonderful Bible story, true story, in um, the book of Isaiah, chapter 6. It's the call of the prophet Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah had a massive encounter with God. He saw the Lord sit upon the throne. He had one of those revival encounters with God. Something that probably we all want. He, he just got a fresh revelation of the fact that he'd been forgiven. And he was just so in love with the Lord and just so on fire with God. But then the Bible says, and then, then he heard the voice of the Lord. Then he heard the voice of the Lord. And the voice of the Lord said, whom shall go, go for us? Whom shall I send? And whom shall go to tell people? And this prophet Isaiah, who's just had this encounter with God, knows he's been forgiven. His heart was just burning. His heart was, Lord, here I am. Send me. I just want to go for you. Here I am. Send me. To me, that is authentic Christianity. That is revived Christianity. When we, within our hearts, say, Lord, I'm available. I mightn't know what to say. I don't think I'm a good speaker. I've got fears. I've got a lack of confidence. I've got all of those things. But despite all of those issues, Lord, I so much want to be used by You to help people 
discover a relationship with Jesus Christ and to become born again into God's family. God, here I am. And this morning, this is what my whole message really has been leading to. My prayer is that within your heart, within your hearts, you will be saying, Lord God, I have so many reasons maybe why I'm not good at this, but I want that to change. I want to be an authentic witness for you, Jesus. This is what I want. Lord God, Lord God, I want to let you know that I put up my hand and I'm available. I want this, Lord God. I want to be used. I want to help people in this in for the in the remainder of my life. I want to be a, a witness for you. Now this morning I could say who wants this, but I'm I'm not going to say that because I I feel that it would be little bit embarrassing if people didn't want it. So I'm going to assume, because I can tell this is a very fired up church, I can tell even during the worship, I can tell that each person here, this is what you would like. Yes, Lord. There are so many reasons why I haven't done it or haven't done it well or whatever, but I'm available. I, I want your help. Please help me. This is, I'm putting up my hand. And so right now, in a few, in 30 seconds time or whatever, I want to pray for every one of you here. But before I do that, without embarrassing any of you, I want you in your own way, in your heart, in your mind, through your lips, however you want to do it, to say, if, if, this, if you feel this way, to say, Jesus, I want to be a witness for you. Jesus, I make myself available. Here I am. Here I am. Lord, I'm, I'm so blessed. You give me a wonderful life. Even when things have gone wrong, it's still a wonderful life because I'm part of your family. But Lord God, I just want to be, I don't want to be on the spiritual interchange bench. I want to be out on the field doing my thing. And Lord, it would be such be a wonderful thing for me if I could in my lifetime see, help people come into a relationship with God. You might be somebody who just sows the seed and somebody else reaps. It's, you know, some, some sow, some water, some reap, whatever. But it's, it's all about, Lord, I'm available. Teach me. I want to learn how to do this well. So if that is how you are feeling, let the Lord know that in your, in your mind, even very quietly. Lord, I'm available for you. Whatever you do, just do that right now. And Heavenly Father, I want to lift up to you right now, Liberty Christian Church at Healesville. Pastor Joel and this wonderful congregation. I want to thank you, Lord God, that I'm looking out and I'm, I can see a very big room here. And I can see this room full. I can see that there are going to be Sundays where there are going to be people who've been living in desert places are going to, going to be brought in through loving Christians in this place to come in to hear the gospel. Lord God, I can see this congregation going out, sometimes nervously, sometimes even fearfully, going out and just saying, Oh Lord God, please give me the opportunity to, with wisdom, share something with this person. Lord, I pray that this church will develop a witnessing culture that is going to literally turn Healesville upside down. I pray, Lord, that this church becomes a soul-winning church. I pray over the next few weeks, Lord God, as Joel introduces this, that there'll, there'll be such a zeal and a passion 
Lord, that we'll have a passion to see lost people come to Christ. People who without God and without hope, discovering God and having hope. Our family members, our friends, our neighbours, our work colleagues, homeless people that we see, people begging for money, people in shopping centres, they are doctors, lawyers, whoever we see, Lord. I pray, Lord, that a, a culture of soul winning will develop in this church. And I ask this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen and shouted. Hallelujah. Praise God. Lord, I pray that a spirit of boldness and love and compassion will come upon every congregation member here. I pray for for the pastor, Joel, that he will be a mighty soul-winning man. Lord God, and that this church will be renowned as one of the great soul-winning churches. I thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Praise God. Oh. You are an amazing church. You've you've got everything here. If I was a member of this congregation, I can tell you I'd be inviting my friends, my family, everybody along. But I wouldn't be Bible bashing them. I'd be praying and looking for the opportunities. I walk around with a spiritual antenna that goes beep wherever I go. In the lift, at the shops, I'm beeping. Looking for, and I throw little lines out to see whether the seed grows. It's what we do. Look, one other thing I just wanted to share. I was going to do this at the beginning, but I forgot to. This is my book. It's called Life's Ultimate Journey, Discovering the Meaning of Life. I wrote this book to give to my family members. When I was a young Christian, I Bible bashed them to death. (laughs) And And they're reluctant to listen to me. So I've written a book which explains what Christianity is actually all about, life's ultimate journey. I give this to non-Christian. Wherever wherever I go, I take copies with it. I give it to non-Christian people everywhere. If I get into a spiritual discussion, I say, are you interested in spiritual things? If 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 I'm not going to see them again, I say, are you interested in spiritual things? And if they say yes, I said, I've written a book. If I give it to you, would you read it? And if they say yes, I'll give it. So I give it away to non-Christian people, but I also um, make it available for Christians, but I don't give it away because I've got to pay for it myself. So this is a really good book. I would suggest if if you read this, you'll know what the gospel, you'll have a greater understanding of how good the gospel message is. It's wonderful. It's all in here. Read it and then give it to somebody as a Christmas present. Anyway, I've got some up the back there if you want. They're $10, which is pretty darn cheap. Should be $50. <laughs> hey, God bless you, everybody. And thank you for having me. Thoroughly enjoyed my time with, with you. God bless you all. Let's give him a hand. Thanks so much, Mike.